the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, it's a Thursday. You know what that means. J.R. Davis is here from the governor's office. Good to have him to join us. We got a lot of things to talk about today. A couple of local stories I'd like to get started with right off the bat. But during the course of the show today, coming up in the uh, 3 o'clock hour, Rose Mims will be here, Arkansas Right to Life. We'll talk about uh, Camp Joshua with her, as well as the uh, uh, lawsuits that were filed today by Planned Parenthood and the ACLU against three different laws here in the state uh, dealing with abortion. See what she has to say about that. And then at 4 o'clock, we'll hear from Steve Rogers. No, it's not Captain America, although I wish it were. Uh, Steve Rogers, who is uh, with the the Trump 2020 Advisory Board, and he'll join myself and Robert Steinbach to talk about last night's debate, which I'm going to talk with, of course, with Jr. too, because there was just too much good stuff mentioned last night that we can we cannot ignore. We have got to talk about it. So, with that said, let's get back to Jr. Jr. Davis is here. He's the governor's spokesman. Big story in the paper on uh, Monday. Got a copy of it. See, I I, I draw circles around big stories. This right, is, right uh, below the kidnapped lion. Yeah, this yeah. is right. Well, it's, it's there's two lions there. You see, they got yeah. the other one with the mask on in the back. It's the lioness, evidently. It's just funny the way it was. Uh, every time I drive past it, it looks like a terrorist group. Uh, <laughs> ISIS uh, lioness. Kidnapped, yeah, kidnapped lions. That's what it is. That's that's so crazy. Just an aside here to start off with. The people who are trying to tie this up in court to keep more Memorial Golf Course from going the way of the dodo bird, waste of time, guys. Yeah. It's going oh, yeah. goodbye. And everybody agrees, I think, that if the city can save some money uh, and put something in place that everyone can utilize – uh, it just makes sense, even those on the uh, the city board. But the funny thing about that, I'll make this quick, is you know, everybody talks about War Memorial Golf Course, and oh yeah, I played one time there twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's just not a. It's, it's not, not like it's the serves, hottest course around, okay. right? And it doesn't serve the the public in its entirety like a space like that could. They're losing one point two million dollars. Thing. Okay, here's the key. This I'm going to give uh, Mayor Scott. Yeah, clapping from Dave Ellswick because something I talk about on my show all the time is cutting spending. Mm-hmm. Now, this does not mean that he cuts that spending and finds something stupid uh, to you know try to put that money towards or whatever. We might want to you know go and get some more police officers that Stodola didn't get when he raised uh, taxes. Enough on that. It's, uh, that's local stuff. Let's let's talk state stuff. Local, state, national. You're going to get state and national today out your yin-yang. So let's talk about the governor and this new program uh, into the school system. I think everybody understands that police and 
the folks that are out there, the EMTs and whatnot, are carrying these uh, kits now for opioid overdosing. These people, this this kit, this stuff that they're injecting in people, literally brings them back from the dead. These people are right on, you know, eternity's side, and they're able to jerk them back here to to life again. And the uh, the governor has got a program that's putting this in in the schools. If you could talk a little bit about it, Jr. Is there a serious problem in our school system with opioids now? Yeah, not just in Arkansas, but all over the country. Uh, you know, you, you always talk about the, or you always hear about the uh, drug take back program and how important that is. Mm-hmm. What happens is, you know, students or, or, or children, you know, find these prescription bottles uh, from their family, uh, from their mom or dad, and, and it might have been, you know, their mom or dad had a surgery or something and they were prescribed these pills, over-prescribed, and most of those prescriptions just sit in a medicine cabinet or in a, in a pantry cabinet or something something like that for for a long time kid finds it uh and either sells it or starts taking it on their own and and that's how that really kind of starts and i think what you see across the country is because these pharmaceutical companies um and in many places these pharmacies have over prescribed these pills there's just a massive amount uh, that are out there that that aren't being used for the specific purpose in which they were prescribed so that's where i think it starts then you've seen it really blow up um uh in in arkansas as well as a lot of the southern states but across the country uh, so what this is is it, the, whole, the total cost of it would be about 100 to 110 thousand dollars to equip every school in arkansas uh with an naloxone kit Okay, and, and what that does, and obviously we hope that they never have to use it, but if they have to use it, what this does is allows a school nurse to have that tool on hand to save a life. If one of these kids get to, into a prescription uh, and, and have an overdose or something else, uh, this spray, you, uh, you, they spray it into the nose, uh, and it really uh, it stops the effects of that overdose and reverses it uh, and saves a life. It's and pretty so, incredible what it does. I mean, seriously, this is pretty incredible. No, it really is. It really is. And, and since the governor, you know, his background is the administrator of the DEA, uh, we've really tackled this problem here in Arkansas. And it's going to be it's going to take some time. But this, these are the types of things and steps that we have to take. One is education, you know, educating our adults. Uh, and parents that say, hey, if you have these pills, just don't take a chance. Get rid of them. You know, take them to an Arkansas drug take-back center or a pharmacy that does have one of those boxes that you can turn your stuff in. And then it's also educating the students and letting them know what these, what this, what can happen to you if if uh, if you abuse these drugs and you get into a situation like this. And finally, it's putting those steps in place to make sure if a tragedy strikes, we have the tools. Uh, to to uh, prevent you know a fatality or something like that you know the, the uh, some people say that you know is naloxone an enabler you know that basically saves the life of of, of a drug addict uh, what yeah this, uh, truly some people say well didn't this just prevent like you know just allows them to have an overdose and use oh, so, so, so just make they made a mistake right. and so we just let yeah. them die yeah no and and as uh, director lane put it our our, uh, our our drugs are here in the state he said yeah it is an enabler it enables us to save lives yeah and, and that's exactly that. what we need and, and again especially for our students you know our teachers and our nurses like they need to be able to 
they need to be a lifeline for these students. If they get caught in a bad situation, look, Dave, I've made a lot of poor decisions when I was younger. I never did. <laughs> and Dave never did. <laughs> uh, but sometimes kids make mistakes. But this is a great tool um, uh, to, to prevent that tragedy from happening if they ever should have to use it. Yeah, it's amazing. Today, it's it's totally different than when I was a kid. There's, I can say that probably very few kids growing up in the time that I did would ever have thought of checking out their parents' medicine cabinet. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just be honest with you. It's just something that didn't cross our minds as far as that was. I mean, we were wondering if we could get a 12-pack at the, sure. at the corner, you know, beer, right. you know, stop, but... You know, how could we get somebody to go in and buy it for us? But I, not taking pills. No, and, and I think that, I think, uh, you know, television has a lot to do with that. You know, streaming devices, phones, uh, you're connected all the time. I mean, we carry around these computers in our pocket. You can access anything at any given time. Uh, you know, kids especially now can search for whatever they want to search for. And and honestly, kids are more educated today, just, uh, you know, street smarts than, than most, you know, uh, I say of any generation because they have the power of information. Yeah, they got more power at their fingertips. You're and, right. And and man, you see kids nowadays that are twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and you know sometimes you get them confused with with high school or, or freshmen in college. I mean, they're just kids just know more today, and it's not necessarily knowledge is power. Knowledge mm-hmm. can be troublesome. Yes, it can. And so when you see something on TV about prescription drugs or something like that, and you see maybe a, a, a show on television or on netflix or on hulu that sort of glorifies it a little bit you know it it, it turns into um something that's not real and 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 so i think that that's part of it but but certainly i think as we crack down on some substances something else rises to the top but again we go back to the pharmaceutical companies and pharmacies that have over and doctors that have over prescribed for years and years and years and uh, i know arkansas i think is number two in the country for over prescribing and so we have work to do uh, but under the leadership of governor hutchinson and our drug director kirk lane we are taking those steps necessary um, to to uh, take those prescription drugs off the street and educate our adults and our children and also put things in place that will save lives. And so I'll tell you, Arkansas, I think uh, we, we took more drugs back in the last Arkansas drug take back than I think several southern states combined. Wow. And so that's really important for us to, you know, you've got to treat the, 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 the cause of it first, and that's get these things off the street while you're educating folks. But like I said before, this, this naloxone kit to every school in Arkansas will help us prevent those tragedies um, and, and give these kids a second chance if they ever uh, get into that situation. Well, they had a um, big meeting amongst legislators and, uh, and uh, medical personnel here earlier in the year, and uh, one of the tough things there is about reining this in is to make sure you don't rein it in so tight that the people who actually need these types of painkillers can still get them so that their pain can be relieved. People who live with chronic pain. It's a a very tough thing to do. And uh, they've had some burps along the way, but I think they've gotten a lot of it worked out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's, you certainly want to be able to balance it because when you have back surgery or, or you have a uh, a, you know, a severe accident and you're laid up for a while or you can't work. I mean, that, that part of that is, you know, obviously capping uh, those pain sensors, right? So mm-hmm. you can function. But the problem is, is, you know, when you have 
six refills, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or you're prescribed 30 pills when you need 15, you know, and it's that sort of thing. And that's what I think from the federal level down onto the state level is where they're starting to crack down on those types of things. But you have to solve that problem first, you know, just to take that stuff off the street, stop the overprescribing while you're educating folks on, on the ramifications of what this stuff can cause. Yeah. And we've seen some, um, arrests here. Uh, over the last few months of doctors and pharmaceutical companies who have been remiss and illegally, you know, they were telling doctors that this stuff wasn't highly addictive and they basically lied to people and people are going to go to jail because of that. And that's the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, you can go uh, into the weeds on all this and, and those who, um, uh, you know the the uh, drug traffickers and the ones that are selling the pills and that sort of thing, and it's and it's obviously the intent, right? And that's why mm-hmm. you've seen Senator Cotton uh, be so uh, outspoken about fentanyl and, and things like that. And so, yeah, uh, that's, that is definitely in a um, just that's terrible. Yeah. Chinese are just flooding our shores yeah. with fentanyl. No, absolutely, and and so that's where I think that you you do have to crack down on this because if people are profiting from other people's you know, misery uh, or tragedies. Uh, that's where I think that, you know, is it, it's just, uh, it's not right. We've got to do something about it. And I think we're taking the appropriate steps uh, to start curbing that. And I think you'll see that in the future. But, you know, meth is still uh, the biggest problem uh, in Arkansas. And, and, uh, and the governor, uh, like I said, with his background at DEA, he understands that. And so it's a, it's a kind of a full frontal attack on, on the, um, uh, drug issues here in the state. Obviously, opioids has gotten a lot of attention over the last few years yep. just because of the rise nationally. Yeah, and it's it's hit home. I Absolutely. Mean, it, it, it's hit people who never thought that they'd ever see anybody in their household have a drug problem, and because they were taking a drug that, that was prescribed to them and it was over-prescribed to them, they now find themselves hooked on it, and they do things they never thought they would do to be able to to get it so they can continue to feed themselves absolutely it's 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 a terrible terrible thing all right get our break in got to get a first break in jr davis is our guest he's the uh of course governor's uh, spokesman we'll come back we got another another uh uh, story i want to talk about this one i think is very cool they named a new person uh to the uh, arkansas game and fish commission she happens, she, notice I said she, yeah. happens to be 27 years old. It'll be an interesting discussion coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, we're going to talk about the debates. I mean, it's incumbent upon me to do that. However, I'm not going to do it at this moment because we got something more important to talk about. we got J.R. Davis here. He mentioned to me during the break something that the governor has uh, decided to do. He's unloosing some some money, and this deals with levees. And if you remember the flooding that was going on so heavily just a couple of weeks ago, levees were failing. In fact, came very close to failing right over there by Conway. So bring us up to date on that, Jr. So today the governor uh, issued Executive Order 1910 to create the Arkansas Levee Task Force to study and analyze the current conditions of the state's 
uh, levies. And so what you've seen is uh, is actually really a lack of information on our levies. Uh, what If you talk to Senator Rapert, who was there today with the governor, uh, there's a lot of confusion with county judges and, and local municipalities about who actually oversees some of these levies. That is probably very, very true. So by our estimation, it's around 93 levies in the state. Uh, okay. In 2017, Senator Rapert filed a bill, the governor signed it, and that was to uh, to mandate uh, county clerks, counties to submit information on their levies to the Natural Resources Commission so we have a better handle on what's out there. Of those 93 levies, we got information on less than 20. So, okay. again, that speaks to the confusion on who, you know, some of these levy boards are defunct. Nobody's on them. Nobody knows, you know, maybe it's just sort of uh, general maintenance, that sort of thing. Um, so what this is going to do is uh, there's going to be about 20 individuals uh, on this task force, and I'll get to those in a minute. Um, but the members of the task force, in addition to what I just stated, they'll also identify sources uh, and requirements for funding the construction repair and maintenance of the levies they'll study uh, prospective monitoring and reporting systems for maintenance of the levies and then of course they'll review the adequacy of current laws uh, and the organizational structure i just mentioned on the levy system and the levy district board so uh, that's what they're going to look at they're going to spend about six months they'll have uh, they'll have to have their recommendations and report to the governor's uh, office by December 31st, 2019. So we're talking about a lot of work in about six months, but we've got to get this information in so we can prepare for the next. Now, in the interim, uh, the governor also announced today uh, that he will be requesting legislative approval for $10 million to meet to be made available through uh, Adam, which is emergency management, in consultation with ANRC Natural Resources for immediate levy repair. Okay, so you so, got Clarksville, right? So, I mean, yeah, so you know, obviously one of the uh, and the governor mentioned this today. There are a couple levies that have uh, kind of gotten some some star power, if you will, a lot mm-hmm. of coverage uh, over the flooding. One was the Hollow Bend levy in Yale County with, okay. that breached, right? Uh, that you could drive a Mack truck through. That's right. So that's going to take uh, uh, some uh, some much needed uh, financing to to get that back up to snuff. The other uh, is, of course, the um, the levy in and around the Faulkner-Perry County area. Yeah. Um, and it didn't breach, but it came awful close to it, and we saw it. I mean, we saw that just... It was not uh, more than a few feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just ate going. into the side of it. So that's why we've got to take a look at these things for the next six months to get a plan together, a, a sort of a 30,000-foot uh, view of, okay, what do we have what needs to be funded? What's the state's role in this? What's the federal government's role in this? Army Corps of Engineers, et cetera. And then in the meantime, let's fix what we know we have to fix so we can prevent any sort of flooding that may come later this summer uh, or before the next round of, of heavy rain falls, usually you know, in the spring of, of more than likely 2020. So we want to be able to get that stuff in place. Um, but you know, Senator Rapert mentioned in 2017, because of that legislation that was passed, it allowed uh, the county judges to work with those levy boards in and around Perry and Faulkner to strengthen that levy, uh, which really did help uh, as far as, uh, you know, withstanding uh, the record flooding we had uh, this year, the 500-year flood some were reporting. So um, we did do some good in that 2017 legislation, but it's clear by the flooding of 2019 that we've got to do more, uh, and we're going to do that with this. And if a levy is deemed uh, unacceptable by Army Corps standards, the Army Corps of Engineers does not 
foot the bill for any of the uh, it's all up on us isn't it right so what we have to do is go in there and say okay how much money is it going to take to get these up to standard uh, and because of that 2017 legislation, uh, the the levy in around Faulkner and Perry County uh, was deemed minimally acceptable by the Army Corps of Engineers. But that means that 80 uh, percent of the uh, reconstruction cost of that will be federal. Okay. And so that's a big deal. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to be able to get our our levies uh, up to par uh, with what Army Corps of Engineers um, deem as acceptable, and then that will help us in the future as far as you know if, if a levy goes down or it's or it's damaged, we can um, fix it at a minimal cost to the state. All right, we've got to take a break for the news. When we come back, we got a couple more questions for Jr. about this because there's some things to talk about about the future as well are those levees tall enough for instance you know do we need to make them bigger than what they are now we'll i'll, I'll ask those questions when we come back here on the dave ellswick show man i'm sitting here and i'm watching jr davis do his work on his phone oh man i'm telling you i mean do, do you like up. sit in a dark room and in practice texting Without looking at the keys? Well, what was the whole thing is eventually, what, 20 years from now, we're going to have statues of, of important leaders looking down at their phone. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, right? Not, not saying that I'm in like that Like if it looked like this for the folks on, but on Facebook, yeah. it'd be like this. Yeah, we slowly, that the neck gets stuck <laughs> while looking down. Yeah, I'm they telling you. They say that by 2025, this, you might be that way. It's just funny you go back before cell phones existed. You know, mm-hmm. I guess the the uh, uh, the expectation is sort of the immediate response, but it's just right. interesting. You know, you get get your questions in or in the morning, and I guess when they get back to you, they get back to you, sort of thing. But yeah. now it's just right here. So now I want to hear from you right now. So when I when I text Jr., I want him to say, "Yes, Dave, we'll talk about that." No, I'm I know. Kidding. I'm actually bad. Yeah, Dave. Dave called I me called. about five minutes. He goes, "You are coming today, right?" Yeah. I was like, yes. Just I'm so to sorry. make sure. Yes. Yes. Just to make sure, because yeah. I had sent you a couple and I hadn't heard anything, and I was saying, he didn't think about that. This week was like next week. You know, next week we won't be on on not next Thursday, week, right? Okay. Because it's the fourth of July. I did think about that yesterday, but I, I figured since you hadn't texted, I'll I'll be here. Unless you so. want to come over early, and we could do an hour together sure. and record it. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Okay, we'll do that. That way we'll have an hour on the 4th of July. Tell tell the, the governor I, I'd like to hear his thoughts for the 4th of July for Arkansas. His thoughts on the 4th of July for Arkansas. Yeah. Got it. That'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be okay. cool to hear what he has to say. How He's back now. How did it all go over? Before I do that, I'm going to chase a rabbit before I <laughs> go back to the levees real quick yep, here yeah, yeah. before I forget it. With the, all of this that you're talking about, because this sounds really a lot of work going to happen in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. Will they look at this and say, you know what, we flooded here, didn't breach, but it got close, we need to build these higher. Are those some of the things they'll look at as well? Yeah, they're going to look at that as well. Uh, uh, And because Senator Rapert mentioned that when um, the – uh, levy this time around, it got so high that it was kind of overtopping it. Same thing happened in Hollow Bend. That's what created that breach in the first place. So we're going to take a look at it and see uh, what needs to be done. That's going to be part of that comprehensive report and recommendations. So this is going to involve, you know, the uh, ANRC uh, as far as the the uh, the actual task force goes, but ANRC, uh, Adam, uh, GIS. Uh, uh, public safety, uh, new secretary, Jamie Cook, she's going to uh, chair the um, task force. And, and there will be just a, a several folks from the administration, but there will also be uh, two from the House uh, legislators, two from the Senate, um, 
county judges, county clerks, and and even folks that live in some of those impacted communities. We really want to get the uh, most information possible and the different perspectives on what needs to be done. Um, and, and we also need some expertise on that as well. So this is going to be a very comprehensive report from all different perspectives. So we know that, okay, this is what we need to do. Here's the plan we can put in place. If we need to do anything in the fiscal session, we can. So it really sets us up nicely going into 2020 um, to to uh, you know make any changes to our levy system in the state. But the biggest part, Dave, is just the fact that there's just no information. And, and that's probably the, the yeah. biggest issue. Can I just say that that... That worries me. Sure. That yeah. the, the government of Arkansas for all of these years has never set up a way to know if their levy system well, is and it's, really and good. I would, but I would imagine it's probably like this in other states as well because you do you have this quasi uh, you know you have these levy boards within these counties or levy districts um, that are supposed to be responsible for these levies, but there's no oversight because what happens is the Army Corps of Engineers they'll build it. And then they hand it over, right? The responsibility. Right. But the state is not, uh, you know, doesn't have oversight uh, of those levies as well as it's set up today. So that's the biggest issue is just who actually was in charge. And if it was just those levy districts, some of them have done really, really well. Like St. Francis County is a great example of how things should run. But there's others that either, you know, again, you may have a couple people and not really paying that much attention there's no real oversight and so when you start calling around saying who's responsible for this levy you learn really quickly that well we've got a problem so this is what this is going to address this is a priority for the governor and and i think it's going to bear some really solid fruit once we get that report back and we can march forward with a new plan for our levy system in Arkansas. you know what they say out of sight out of mind that's exactly right you have a big flood and people start getting their feet wet and and homes get destroyed and stuff you'd be surprised at how people wake up all of a sudden well there's a great example again from senator raper the flood of 1990 uh, that that really did some damage to this toad suck lock and dam area in conway Mm -hmm. in 2015-16 when the other flood happened and and the the, it was the second highest crest i believe in, in arkansas's history uh, they went back there, and there was another breach of the levy. And he asked the questions like, "Why is this happening?" And found out that nobody did any repair of the levy from 1990. So again, this is thing, like you said, out of sight, out of mind. But we have had some flooding. We obviously had historic flooding in this year. Um, so we know what needs to be fixed. We got really lucky in some cases. Um, but the governor knows that we've got to have a better plan in place. Um, as governor, you know, some things pop up that you never thought you'd have sure, to deal with. Um, I understand but that. he's always said he always says that, you know, he was he was elected to be here and solve the tough problems. And this is a tough problem. And, and we're going to put a plan in place and get it fixed and and uh, in time for for the next round. So that, I think that's the most important. But it's it's great to have, you know, the. Uh, the backing of the federal delegation too um, throughout this whole entire uh, flooding event, and so we'll we'll uh, we'll make sure to uh, update folks as we go. But but it'll be about six months, and we'll have that report, and then we can march forward. All right. So last question on this, and maybe the toughest. And the federal government dealt with this back in the '90s when the Mississippi uh, flooded so terribly during that time is that they came back after it was done and people had lost their homes many times to flooding on the Mississippi and the federal government finally said, you can't build here anymore. Now, from 
just a little bit that I've learned about the Arkansas. There's places along the Arkansas River that floods all the time. Is it time now to tell those people you can't build there anymore? That's probably above my pay grade. Uh, but I think that, you know, we want to be respectful of, of people's property and, I understand and, that. and that sort of thing. And I do think this is one of those, you know, obviously this is part of history now. So we'll look back on 2019, we'll look at this flood, what we learned, and, and use that information and, and education moving forward. Uh, but this was an anomaly. We, mm-hmm. we hope uh, that this was, you know, again, a 500-year flood. We saw record levels everywhere, um, and, and we saw— But a 500-year flood may not wait another 500 you're exactly years right. to happen You're again. exactly right. So I think—look, I'll say that this is going to be a uh, truly a comprehensive look. Uh, we Six months, you're going to have to do about 20 years' worth of work in six months, you know, just ga- gathering all that research and information. But we're going to have the right people on board. Um, you know, Secretary Cook with Public Safety, who will be chairing the task force, uh, is the right person to do so, um, and she'll lead that effort. And so we'll make sure that, that we have, uh, again, that comprehensive sort of checklist on what we need to do to move forward, where that funding is going to come from, what areas need the most uh, you know, uh, sort of infrastructure rebuild, if you will, or or more resources than others. Because I will say this: while while we did see some breaches, we also saw, saw some levees hold up, yeah, uh, and, and do a nice job of of what they were there to do. Um, so we'll we'll look at it. We'll see. Maybe it's maybe it's a few spots that we really need to focus on. Maybe it's statewide. But that's what this uh, that's what this task force is going to do is is really shed some light on that for the first time, really, uh, in Arkansas's modern history. All right. So. I'm going to depend on you. I'll get get in touch with you here as this task force comes together. I'd like to get them to come on and talk about it and okay. think some of the things that they're finding out about it because people of Arkansas need to know that this is all being taken care of. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you now that uh, that's certainly the case. Uh, they're going to start uh, working immediately, um, and uh, and we're going to uh, make sure we we get the information, kind of turn those rocks over, figure out what's there. Uh, but the people of Arkansas can rest assured that we're going to have a plan in place. We're going to repair what needs to be repaired immediately, but we're going to have a plan in place for the future uh, so that we can make sure our levees are are uh, up to the, to the job to prevent that water from getting into our communities. All right, a break, and then we'll be back. And a historic event happened yesterday. I bet you didn't hear about it. I didn't know about it until earlier today. That's coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, thousands of different combinations to claim your Social Security benefits. You don't get it exactly right. It literally could cost you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in retirement. Learn how you could wring every nickel out of your benefits at an educational Social Security workshop July the 9th at 6 p.m. Hosted by David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. Here on 101.1, The Answer, this two-hour workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and, big word here, easy. When it comes to Social Security, easy is usually not the word that you use. It could literally save you thousands of dollars. Registrations, $20, includes a 40-page maximizing Social Security workbook. There's only a few seats remaining. Mention my name, Dave Ellswick sent you, and for the next five callers, they're going to waive that cost of your tuition. So if you've saved at least $300,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. And one more time, 
6690. All right, back. Let's finish up here with uh, J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson. Uh, next week he'll be on on uh, the 4th of July. However, he won't be here. We'll uh, we'll do a recorded segment, and uh, we'll find out what the 4th of July means to uh, the governor. We're going to put, yeah. that, put that in for him. All right, so something happened uh, yesterday that was really historical. And uh, article today in the uh, the Dem Gazbada, written by Brian Hendricks, who is the uh, you know the hunting guy for uh, uh, the Dem Gaz. Game and Fish has added a new member uh, t- to their commission, and it is a woman. Now, there's been a woman on Game and Fish before, but she was just an intermediary for a couple of years. This is someone who will serve an entire. Uh, you know, appointment, and that's Anne Marie Dormus. Is that her? Doramus. Doramus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now here's the other thing. That's you know, you you meet the commission guys, and you think that they've been mummified. All right, most of them are are up in age. Bottom line, she's 27 years old. This is very cool. Yeah, she, she'll bring. You know what? She's going to bring number one to the commission. How to use social media effectively. Absolutely. Yeah. And she mentioned she had a uh, great speech yesterday uh, after the governor introduced her. Um, yeah, it's an, it's it's historic. Um, but the governor mentioned when he makes these appointments, especially the game and fish, he has, you know, three criteria. And that's, if you know, do they love, do they, do they hunt, do they fish, uh, are they, do they uh, have a, an appreciation, understanding of conservation, mm-hmm. um, and, and, uh, and then, you know, are they, are they there to work, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and so I think that for her, she has a love of the outdoors. Um, you know, she's an avid uh, duck hunter. Yeah, I read that she started when she was in preschool going out to the blind. Yeah, and bass angler. So she does a little fishing as well. So she's she's a uh, she's she definitely understands the outdoors. Um, she appreciates conservation and understands why it's important. But just what you said. Uh, the bringing on the next generation. We have to connect the next generation uh, f- to the love of the outdoors. And Did you see those figures for yeah. licensing? Yeah, dropped nine and ten percent. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not good. And and she mentioned this yesterday about you know missing a generation, and not because you know they they don't care or or it was on purpose. It's just changing times. You know, people have uh, you know uh, just. You know, 10, 20 years ago, it was about being outside. Now you can mm-hmm. do most things from inside. You've got tablets, you've got phones, video games, all that sort of stuff. You can fake fish. You can fake fish. That's right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and so it's important to have someone who's who's young with a different perspective that can connect that next generation and show you know folks why this is so important and 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 um, kind of share her passion for the outdoors, which I think coming from someone who's twenty seven uh, and and the first woman appointed to do a full term on the game and fish mm-hmm. uh that that will resonate with a lot of folks so there was a lot of people there that were very excited about that that uh, announcement yesterday and i think it'll be a shot in the arm for game and fish well game and fish a couple of years ago they i mean those numbers uh they've been concerned about them for quite some time about fewer people going out into mm-hmm. the woods to hunt and fish and things of that nature and especially uh, one thing that they started dealing with was single moms they were raising, you know, young men and, and young women and helping them get their kids out to do those things. And uh, they they made some strides that way, but it seems like it's kind of petered out here recently. Yeah, I think a big part of it is is 
you know, again, we go back to education, but letting, you know, those single moms and, and kids in schools know what's out there, what's mm-hmm. available. Arkansas, we're the natural state for the, for a reason. You know, our second largest industry is tourism, uh, you know, and hunting is a big part of that, duck hunting especially. So uh, that's Deer something. hunting. And, yeah, deer hunting. So we've <laughs> got to get, we've really got to get the word out there. Uh, and, and so I think it's really important uh, for sort of a fresh face uh, to be on the game and fish. And like you said, just think differently. It's always good to get different perspectives. And I think that's really important as we try to bring the next generation along. Nothing against old white guys, because I happen to be an old white <laughs> guy. But uh, it, it's going to work really well, I think, to have a 27-year-old uh, stand, and, and I hope they use her as someone that they do some video stuff with. Seriously, well, yeah. I mean, you look at her uh, background too. She served on the Arkansas Game and Fish mm-hmm. Foundation. Uh, she'll step down from that role now that she's on the commission. Um, but the uh, she's she's done a lot, uh, and she's only twenty seven years old. She she has an understanding and appreciation and passion for the outdoors. And I and again, like I said before, I think that resonates with the younger generation uh, because they see that yeah, this is still popular. This is this is still a fun uh, you know hobby and sport to take up. And and so I think that there's a, a lot of potential there. I think the the future is bright uh, with game and fish. Um, but I do think, and the governor sees sees this as well, is that something different needs to happen. We got to have a different perspective. And I think when you have those, need a new torchbearer. Yeah, when you have the when you have those uh, more senior tenured folks on the game and fish that are in their fifth or sixth year of their seven year term, it's good to bring in a fresh perspective so you can pull from their experience. But you get to have this this sort of uh, youthful perspective on on where this industry, if you will, uh, is going, and how you can strengthen it, and how you can get this uh, information into the hands of you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen year olds uh, that that you know um, can be that next generation of hunters and fishermen. But she also brought in the fact that it's not just about bullets and hooks. You know, it's about biking and hiking and bird watching. I mean, that's that's really kayaking. What, that's a kayaking, big thing. But that's now. the thing. Yeah. So that's where I think that's another great perspective she can bring in is we can we can go beyond just the hunting and fishing sort of thing and so um that's a big part of the conservation part of it so uh really exciting uh she's a great pick uh, as as the incoming chairman ken reeves said yesterday that he's seen the governor hit a lot of home runs but this was a grand slam good uh so a lot of folks are excited about her and i think she'll do a really good job see if we can get her on in the near future here yeah. on the dave ellswick show before i let you go for those people who have just tuned in because we We turn over our listening audience about every 17 minutes, Mm -hmm. so you'll know. Let's go back and touch on that big story we talked about uh, at first. Give a couple minutes on that and a couple minutes on the levies. But uh, first, uh, the drug that's going out to the schools. Yeah, so on um, yesterday, two days ago, the governor announced that— Yeah, uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. It's been a long week, Dave. Uh, But the governor announced that (laughs) uh, every school— Every school in Arkansas receive a naloxone kit, which uh, which reverses the effects of an opioid uh, overdose. So, if if a student for whatever reason uh, gets into something um, and and has an overdose, uh, these nurses at these schools can now treat those students in in real time, right there on the spot with mm-hmm. this naloxone kit. So, every school in Arkansas will have.
have one of those. Uh, if they use them, we'll replenish it. Uh, we hope that they don't have to use them. Um, but obviously, as the opioid epidemic uh, continues to get a lot of uh, coverage nationwide, especially here in Arkansas, because it is a, a growing problem, we're doing everything we can to fix it. Uh, it, it we have to, you know, cut the legs off at the problem itself, and that's get those drugs off the street through our Arkansas Take Back program. Uh, having doctors and, and, and pharmaceutical companies stop over-prescribing uh, uh, these pills in the first place, education is key, but then, of course, in the event that tragedy strikes, we have the tools in place uh, to, to keep um, something like a fatality from happening with, with our young people. All right. Finally, the levees. Uh, we found out after this last round of flooding that there's a lot of things we didn't know about the levees, and we're going to try to solve that. That's right. So today the governor announced uh, Executive Order uh, 10-19, which sets up the Arkansas uh, le- or excuse me, 19-10 sets up the Arkansas Levy Task Force, which will be made up of around 20 individuals, uh, some part of his administration. Uh, there will be legislators, county judges, county clerks, uh, and others involved to give that perspective of what we need to do here in Arkansas to strengthen our levy systems. Right now, we think we have around 93 levies in the state. Uh, there was a law passed in 2017 because there was so there was such a lack of information on our levies uh, that the law went into place to say, hey, these county clerks need to submit this information to ANRC, uh, Natural Resources Commission of the state. So we'll have that information moving forward. Of those 93, we got less than 20. Obviously, we had a historic flood this last time around. We had a big breach at the Holobin Levee in Yale County. Uh, we we just missed uh, a pretty uh, catastrophic uh, event in the, the fact that the Conway Levee held, but it was close to breaking. Mm-hmm. So we really want to take a look at that over the next six months, have a comprehensive report, deliver that to the governor by December 31, uh, 2019, so we can have a plan in place moving forward to strengthen our levee system before the next round uh, of the of the spring severe storms. And finally, $10 million immediately made available um, so we can start repairing some of those levees we had a lot of damage to this uh, last spring. All right. Appreciate your coming in. We'll uh, get together, figure out when we want to get together next okay. week. Just Record for the 4th of July. You have a great weekend. You just text me and I promise to text you back this Okay, time. that's good. <laughs> Thanks, It'll Dave. work out. See Appreciate you. you. J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Quickly for you, a story that It's uh, just starting to break. Faced with immense pressure from members of her own party, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will allow the Senate's bipartisan border funding bill to be put on the floor for a vote. Now, she was holding back from that because I think she knew she didn't have the votes uh, to keep it from passing. So uh, now it's going to be heard. And that means that probably it will pass and head over to the Senate where it's already you know, been passed by them. I mean, when you get 88 senators to agree to something, you might want to pay some attention uh, over at the House side. So evidently she's going to do that. So we're happy about that. Uh, Let me remind you, it was just yesterday that uh, the Speaker of the House said, quote, it should not be a crime to cross the board, uh, the border illegally. I want you to think about that for a second. It should not be a crime to cross the border illegally. Well, if you're doing it illegally, it's a crime. I mean, come on. A little bit of logic here. And she also said that the photo of those two dead migrants, you know, the, the father 
and uh, his two-year-old daughter uh, on the shore of the Rio Grande, quote, is the face of America around the world, unquote. All right, enough on that. Let's talk about something like abortion. <laughs> Everybody knows where I stand on that. We don't make any bones about that, do we, Rose? No. Well, we don't make any bones. Now, here's what I like about Arkansas Right to Life, and, and Rose is here. She is a treasure for the state of Arkansas for all the years that she has fought against uh, something that is just evil, and that's abortion. And I don't care what anybody says, it's evil. Uh, And I know why people do it at times and whatnot, but it's still an evil thing that occurs. With that in mind, she has put together uh, a yearly thing that they do uh, with Dark Sun Rights Life called Camp Joshua. Was this your idea? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Thank you, first of all, Dave, for your kind words about the work that that uh, Arkansas Rights Life does over the years. You know, fighting for life in Arkansas. Um, no, I did not. This was not my idea to okay. do a youth camp. It came originally out of Wisconsin, our state affiliate, Wisconsin Right to Life, picked up by Louisiana Right to Life and other states, Virginia Right to Life. And going to convention every year, I would see the, this about Camp Joshua. Mm-hmm. And um, close to, I think, 2012 was the first camp that we did here in Arkansas. I had hired a, a young person to work for me, and that was her job, Hannah Trice, to start Camp Joshua. Oh, how is she? She's well, um, as far as I know. She's, she's great, man. She's a married and living in Oregon worker. now. Yeah, really, right? She went somewhere really conservative to live. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hannah worked for me a few years and got Camp Joshua, you know, started. And um, now I have Alexis Birchfield, who was in the original, the very first Camp Joshua that we did in 2012, attended a few camps after that as a leader and now is back as the coordinator. So I've got uh, Joshua Barham here, a student uh, from, he's been at Camp Joshua twice. He's here and Alexis, and they want to tell you all about Camp Joshua, you and your listeners. Okay, well, let's start with Joshua. How many times? Twice you've gone to the camp? Yes, sir. And you keep going back. Must be something good happening there. Yeah, it's just a great way to um, learn how to defend yourself um, uh, with your pro-life belief. Okay, so do you guys sit together and ask questions and say, if this is asked of you, do you say this or, you know, start here to, to... start a logical progression for people well first we have lectures and then we break out into um small groups and we just like um present scenarios to um defend and to believe um help people understand how wrong abortion really is 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 the the main problem for a young person today i can only imagine what it's like for a young person today in our school system uh to talk about from a conservative viewpoint or for a pro-life uh, viewpoint and and the left is going absolutely nuts now i mean it's crazy now uh is is the big thing is to get over the initial fear of standing up for what you believe in yes sir i believe it's just people don't um understand it and they think they'll get prosecuted for it mm-hmm 
Have you faced any kind of, you know, personal persecution because you stood up for something? No, sir, not yet. And that's good. I'm glad to hear that. It's, it's not a pleasant thing to have to have to do. You go to school, I, uh, I take it you're in high school? Yes, sir. Okay. Can we ask where they go to school? At? Sure. Is that all right? Where you go to school? I'm homeschooled, actually. Oh, that's, even, that's good. You'll be, you'll be a real smart guy. I know that as far as that's concerned. How, how do you help kids that are in public schools? Um, I just I want to help them just um, educate them so that when they face it, they won't um, know, like they'll know what to do when it happens to them. Okay, give them information they need to sharpen their arguments? Yes, sir. All right. So if I was a student and was sitting with you and we were talking, what's the first thing you would tell me to do if someone was saying that they weren't pro-life, that they believed that a woman should be able to have a, uh, an abortion at any age, uh, at any time during the gestation period of a pregnancy? I just tell them that what abortion really is. It's murder. Okay. That'd be, uh, it'd be an interesting discussion with you, Joshua. I can see that. It, 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 you, they'd be like talking to me. <laughs> just be, how are you, Alexis? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. You go back. How many times have you been to Camp Joshua? I was in the very first Camp Joshua, and I was a leader for the next two you've been on my show before i believe okay and i knew you you looked you looked awful (laughs) familiar to me a while back okay well you know happens to all of us i'm just telling you we get older so is it more difficult do you think now to stand up pro-life than it was the first year you went back in 2012 i mean we're talking just just it's a long time six years is not a real long time, but I'm telling you, I I know for a fact that the discussion has totally changed. Absolutely. As society is more normalizing abortion, you know, with New York and Virginia, and you have all these conversations, most of my conversations end up being on Facebook, and a lot of people are set in their ways, and it's hard to have that really compassionate but yet educational conversation with them over facebook but you want them to have the facts but it is very difficult and as i get older you know we talk about politics and i end up having friends that are definitely not in the same mindset as me and it gets tough you don't exactly look at your friends in the same light anymore have you lost friends over that i have not been as close to them (laughs) after after some conversations so well said (laughs) yeah i'm I'm just saying it's it's not it used to be and rose let me just bring you in on this part of the conversation it used to be the left would admit that abortion they would say it should be legal but it should be rare that that has changed. They have changed from it. Now, and I played uh, a feminist here. What was her name? Lewis? Was that her last name? Uh, Sarah Lewis, wasn't it? That made the statement that from now on we have to go out and 
and defend killing. We have to be able to go out and make a defense for killing. She says, I'm not interested when life begins. I mean, this is this is what the left has turned into now. It's an extreme port, uh, divi- uh, part of the left. It's not, you know, mo- a recent poll was done, and the majority of Americans, regardless of their political affiliation, you know, believe and want to see abortion limited in some way. You know, it's it's a very a very small um, percentage of people that want abortion legal at any time for any reason and for taxpayers to pay for it. You know, most people don't buy into that. You know, they want it um, a very narrow um, reasons why a woman could have an abortion. They don't support abortion used as birth control. And at Camp Joshua, we try to help the teens to make these kinds of um of, of uh, not arguments, but just reasonable statements in response to, well, it's my body. Well, no, it's not your body. This is a separate human being that has a, a different blood type, you know, and from the mother and uh, a different. It's a different sex. So how can the mother be both male and female if she's carrying a little boy no, baby? No, don't get you in know, that discussion with <laughs> well, But, you know, we try to, to give the teens the tools that they need to counter these canned arguments that they've been making for 45 years, you know, that it's my body, it's my choice. Well, and we use this little um, um, exercise, if you want to call it that, called trot out the toddler, Mm -hmm. you know, where we try to bring the baby back to... The being, discussion? Absolutely. Where, okay, if it's if it's okay to kill the baby inside the mother, why is it okay to kill the baby when it's six months old mm-hmm. or two years old? Well, why not? It's the same baby. Logical question. Yeah. So we spend a great deal of time at Camp Joshua uh, with the pro-life persuasion part of it, you know, and instead of arguing – you know that they you just come back with a reasonable response and the kids really practice that they study it and then they role play you know half the group is a couple maybe you know contemplating abortion and the other group their friends just trying to make them see that that child has as much of a right to life as they do and how they would you know um so it's very important for teens like josh like uh josh yeah joshua yeah you're joshua (laughs) <laughs> that just dawned on me, Camp Joshua. You're Joshua. Yeah, it wasn't named after him. Though. Just so, so you know it, or maybe it yeah. was, and you just didn't know it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Camp Joshua is for students age 13 to 19. You know, it's hundred dollars to send a student, but we do have uh, scholarships available. It's going to be July 26 through 28. Start on a Friday evening, go through Sunday afternoon. And it's a great place to send the kids. It's a safe place to send the kids. Still the same place that we were having it? Yep, Cross Ears Retreat Center. Good place. Mm-hmm. Great place to go. Good yeah. food. Right. We have room for about 25 students. Okay. You know, registration is open. We'll be open practically up to the day we get on the bus, but we need people to <laughs> tell now, us they're coming so we can get uh, great food out there. Joshua, why don't you tell them about the great food? He looks like he hasn't had a full <laughs> meal in years. You're thin, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love the food. It's so great. I mean, everyone I 
everyone that's gone to Camp Joshua before me, they always tell me the food is just so good. Like any, whenever I'm trying to tell someone about Camp Joshua, first thing I start with is the food is so good. That's important <laughs> to a young person, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, you don't want to show up anywhere if the food's not going to be good. Yeah, I think that if you just, um, if you make it like a comfortable environment, then mm-hmm. they'll probably want to come more. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It makes a lot, of, a, a lot of sense. So let me just ask both of you: when you, as you talk to people now uh, about this subject, because it's never an easy subject to broach. Although now maybe it's a little easier to broach because the Democrats have are are running on it. I mean, they're literally running towards twenty twenty uh, with. Uh, you know their pro death agenda. Uh, how how difficult is it? I mean, when you're talking to young people, are they pretty rote about what they believe? They've they've been hearing this stuff for a long time, and they just got you know you say abortion, not ah, just woman's body, you know, and you know that kind of that kind of stuff comes right out of people's mouths. Do you have ways of, of 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 softening that approach and letting them, as we just talked about a moment ago with uh, with Rose, it's it's not about your body, one hundred percent. Yeah, I just think that um, people like that. If you get them to ask more questions, then mm-hmm. they'll really be asking themselves also. So um, they'll dig deeper if. Um, if you're not just giving them, in, if you're doing all the talking, they're they're just gonna like harden. They're not even gonna listen to you. But if you get them to ask the questions, then they'll probably learn something from it. So it's important instead of to dictate the conversation that you allow, you allow them. You ask them questions. Is that is that the important thing to do to make them think about the response that they're making? Yes, sir. It's very important to be respectful of their opinion and to repeat back to them what you heard them say. And sometimes when you do that, people don't, you know, they oh, really, is that what I believe, that, you know, this is my body? It's not my body. I don't have four arms, you know, four legs, Mm -hmm. two hearts. So, you know, uh, just... um, it, it, it just shows them that you care about their opinion, not just in their face. That's wrong. You're a murderer. No, that's not the approach that we want to teach our kids. Yeah, one thing that when you repeat like that, what somebody has said to you that you do is they might not even realize exactly what they're saying. And all of a sudden you repeat it back. You know, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. And so, well, OK, well, let me give you another shot here. What do you believe? It's important to do those things. It really is. Okay, so let's take a break. We've got some folks here that have been to Camp Joshua. They're going back to Camp Joshua. Why are they going back to Camp Joshua? Because it's a good thing to do, to be honest. Uh, I'll give you all the information about where to call, where to go, to you know get your kids involved when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show 101. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts, too, like I've done. Uh, you know, Keep your car. You know, just have, uh, get yourself and say your engine goes bad, like mine went bad. Just give a call to uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage, 982-7451, and uh, they will find either at their location or in 
multiple locations all over the United States, your engine for your car that you need uh, to put back into it. And the the engine is checked. It's made sure that it works correctly, and uh, they can do it and do all the labor for you as well. Here's what that does for you. Number one, you don't have to go out and buy a new car. That's an expensive endeavor anymore when you talk about, uh, you know, five, six, eight hundred dollars a month uh, for sometimes up to uh, seven months. Uh, secondly, you buy a, a, a rebuilt, you're talking about three to five thousand dollars more than buying a total loss vehicle's engine. So I went the way that uh, I can save some money. I just called nine eight two seven four five one nine eight two seven four five one and talked to Sonny's auto salvage all right back with you rose tell me about this new billboard oh yes we've got a billboard campaign uh, to promote the safe haven law and the safe haven baby boxes got our first board live just a few weeks ago in harrison it's a digital board and we've got another one going up in faulkner county um probably be mid-july Um, got that in production but our goal is to put a safe haven billboard in every county in arkansas you know to educate people about the safe haven law which isn't you know it's been around since 2001 in arkansas every state has one they differ just a little bit in their uh, provisions but in arkansas a mother or father uh, can surrender an infant 30 days uh, older younger to a law enforcement agency or a hospital um no questions asked as long as the baby's okay not abused in any way and walk away um yeah now monica was here during the session right and sat down and talked to us about this monica kelsey with safe haven baby boxes was in arkansas earlier this year because we amended the safe haven law to include man fire departments Mm -hmm. as a as an additional surrender location in arkansas and the billboards and um an educational campaign that arkansas right to life is undertaking is to educate fire departments that they come july 24th when the law takes effect will be a surrender location and so that's another um um, part of why we wanted to do the billboard campaign because it shows a firefighter you know taking the the baby and we want all man fire departments in arkansas to understand that they soon will be a surrender location and so that they can be prepared the arkansas department of human services has a website and materials uh, developed uh, with money that senator cecile bledsoe uh, got them a while back to print materials to do a website to do a psa to help promote the safe haven law because it's never it was never promoted there was no money to promote it right. when it was passed yeah yeah here's here's key i want everybody to understand and especially if you're you know a person uh that perhaps is pregnant you you're going i'm going to carry the child to you know to term or whatever what do i do then well here's what you don't want to do this just happened the other day i read the story national story they found a little baby along the side of the road people were hearing the baby cry they finally called the police the police show up and this baby was inside a plastic bag yeah I mean, it breaks my heart when I hear things like that. And now, here's the key. The story came out, and there's hundreds of people who want to adopt this baby. Right. This is a great program because it... it, it, it 
Yeah, that baby was unwanted by her mother. Yep. Uh, thank God she is alive today. Little baby India, miracle baby. You know, those people heard those those noises. They thought it was an animal and then listened closer and discovered it was a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And it's just a miracle that she was found. And, uh, and that's what's so important about this particular absolutely. law. Absolutely. That mother could have taken that baby to a law enforcement agency or a hospital and handed that baby over and walked away and they're looking for her now and they will find her and she will be charged with the felony possibly yeah. you know attempted murder because that baby would could not have survived long out there in the woods yeah that had to have been that not very long that that girl left that that child behind right i mean it's a desperate mother scared yep. afraid you know um and left that baby in that bag and um I guarantee you she'll be found, and she'll probably go to jail. Now, this deals with children, make sure I got it right, 30 days or younger. Right. In Arkansas, that's the law. Okay. All right. Yeah, and we're trying to get the word out, you know, to fire departments and just to the general public about this law. I mean, there's posters available in English and in Spanish and literature that the Department of Human Services has. Now, it's outdated now because it doesn't say anything about fire departments being a surrender location. But we're hoping with our billboard campaign that, you know, more people will understand that fire departments will be surrender locations if they're manned, not a volunteer fire department. Because you you can't leave that baby on the doorstep of a fire department or a law enforcement agency or a hospital you have to hand it over to a person however the same law that amended um when we amended the safe haven law we added approval for safe haven baby boxes and that's monica's mission you know to get safe haven baby boxes installed at surrender locations to allow the mother complete anonymity uh when surrendering an infant because some of these girls may not want anybody to see who they are you know for whatever reason and instead of just putting the baby in a dumpster or plastic bag and throwing it in the woods they would take it to a safe haven baby box and we will have those in arkansas eventually you know okay the only thing that's holding us back from doing that is money i'm sure right and you know we it will take fundraising because there was no you know appropriations and no surrender location is obligated to put up a safe haven baby box or install one but we know that there are there is an interest out there we've already heard from at least one hospital and a number of fire departments who you know are interested in having a safe haven baby box at their department so all right so let me I'd like to just ask the question right out. Is the only reason we only have one billboard is because we need people to help sponsor those billboards? And how can they sponsor? If you're pro-life and you own a business... I want you to think about this. Mm-hmm. Listen to what Rose is asking of you. Yeah. We're um, appealing to our chapters, to pro-life supporters around the state. You know, I'm asking for one billboard. It may be only up there for a month. You know, I'm not asking them to sign a contract to have it up there for a year. Mm-hmm. But I want every county to at least have a one billboard at one time, you know, to help promote the safe haven baby uh, boxes in the safe haven law. Right now, we've got the one billboard in Harrison that went live June 14th, and it's a digital board. And so the message is, you know, eight seconds. It, 
and then every 80 seconds it rotates. Right. So I really like static boards where the message is up there forever. And it has the number for Safe Haven Baby Boxes. Because we want women in Arkansas... Even if we don't have a safe haven baby box, when they call that number, they get help right away. And, you know, and they're they're really encouraged to go ahead and take that baby to, you know, a hospital emergency room or a law enforcement agency. Well, I'm I'm happy for the 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 person who's going to give their baby away. But the bottom line, I'm happy for the baby. Right. That baby going to survive. Right. Yeah, and, you know, that's infanticide when somebody directly kills an infant or abandons the infant to the elements that they died. That's infanticide. A lot of people, that word is strange to them. But this is what we're talking about in New York now. You know, these states that... Massachusetts, Vermont. Yeah, this is what it is. It's infanticide, killing the baby after it's born, you know. But I can name four states right off the top of my head. They have no problem with, you know killing a child even after it's been born this is not the country i grew up in right just saying we got to get a break in we'll come back we got more to talk about more more things not as important as i just told you no i'm just kidding it's all important it's all coming your way here on the dave ellswick show all right back with you rose tell me about this new billboard Oh, yes. We've got a billboard campaign uh, to promote the Safe Haven Law and the Safe Haven Baby Boxes. We've got our first board live just a few weeks ago in Harrison. It's a digital board, and we've got another one going up in Faulkner County, um, probably be mid-July. Um, got that in production. But our goal is to put a safe haven billboard in every county in Arkansas, you know, to educate people about the safe haven law, which isn't, you know, it's been around since 2001 in Arkansas. Every state has one. They differ just a little bit in the, their uh, provisions. But in Arkansas, a mother or father uh, can surrender an infant 30 days uh, old or younger to a law enforcement agency or a hospital um no questions asked as long as the baby's okay not abused in any way and walk away um yeah now monica was here during the session right and sat down and talked to us about this monica kelsey with safe haven baby boxes was in arkansas earlier this year because we amended the safe haven law to include man fire departments Mm -hmm. as a as an additional surrender location in arkansas and the billboards and um an educational campaign that arkansas right to life is undertaking is to educate fire departments that they come july 24th when the law takes effect will be a surrender location and so that's another um um, part of why we wanted to do the billboard campaign because it shows a firefighter you know taking the the baby and we want all man fire departments in arkansas to understand that they soon will be a surrender location and so that they can be prepared. The Arkansas Department of Human Services has a website and materials uh, developed uh, with money that Senator Cecile Bledsoe got them a while back to print materials, to do a website, to do a PSA, to help promote the safe haven law because – it's never. It was never promoted. There was no money to promote it right. when it was passed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's the key. I want everybody to understand, and especially if you're you know a person uh, that perhaps is pregnant, you, you're going. I'm going to carry the child to you know to term or whatever. What do I do then? 
Well, here's what you don't want to do. This just happened the other day. I read the story, national story. I found a little baby along the side of the road. People were hearing the baby cry. They finally called the police. The police show up, and this baby was inside a plastic bag. Yeah. I mean, it breaks my heart when I hear things like that. And now, here's the key. The story came out, and there's hundreds of people who want to adopt this baby. Right. This is a great program because it... it, it, it yeah, that baby was unwanted by her mother. Yep. Uh, thank God she is alive today. Little baby India, miracle baby. You know, those people heard those those noises. They thought it was an animal and then listened closer and discovered it was a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And it's just a miracle that she was found. And uh, and that's what's so important about this particular absolutely. law. Absolutely. That mother could have taken that baby to a law enforcement agency or a hospital and handed that baby over and walked away and they're looking for her now and they will find her and she will be charged with the felony possibly you know attempted murder because that baby would could not have survived long out there in the woods yeah that had to have been that not very long that that girl left that that child behind right i mean it's a desperate mother scared afraid you know um and left that baby in that bag and um I guarantee you she'll be found, and she'll probably go to jail. Now, this deals with children, make sure I got it right, 30 days or younger. Right. In Arkansas, that's the law. Okay. All right. Yeah, and we're trying to get the word out, you know, to fire departments and just the general public about this law. I mean, there's posters available in English and in Spanish and literature that the Department of Human Services has. Now, it's outdated now because it doesn't say anything about fire departments being a surrender location. But we're hoping with our billboard campaign that, you know, more people will understand that fire departments will be surrender locations if they're manned, not a volunteer fire department. Because you you can't leave that baby on the doorstep of a fire department or a law enforcement agency or a hospital you have to hand it over to a person however the same law that amended um when we amended the safe haven law we added approval for safe haven baby boxes and that's monica's mission you know to get safe haven baby boxes installed at surrender locations to allow the mother complete anonymity uh when surrendering an infant because some of these girls may not want anybody to see who they are you know for whatever reason and instead of just putting the baby in a dumpster or plastic bag and throwing it in the woods they would take it to a safe haven baby box and we will have those in arkansas eventually you know okay the only thing holding us back from doing that is money i'm sure right and you know we it will take fundraising because there was no you know appropriations and no surrender location is obligated to put up a safe haven baby box or install one but we know that there are there is an interest out there we've already heard from at least one hospital and a number of fire departments who you know are interested in having a safe haven baby box at their department so all right so let me I, I like to just ask the question right out. Is the only reason we only have one billboard is because we need people to help sponsor those billboards? And how can they sponsor? Right. If you're pro-life and you own a business, I want you to think about this. Mm-hmm. Listen to what Rose is asking of you. Yeah. We're um, appealing to our chapters, to pro-life supporters around the state. You know, I'm asking for one billboard 
It may be only up there for a month. You know, I'm not asking them to sign a contract to have it up there for a year. Mm-hmm. But I want every county to at least have a, one billboard at one time, you know, to help promote the Safe Haven baby uh, boxes and the Safe Haven law. Right now, we've got the one billboard in Harrison that went live June 14th, and it's a digital board. And so the message is, you know, eight seconds. It, and then every 80 seconds it rotates. Right. So I really like static boards where the message is up there forever and it has the number for Safe Haven Baby Boxes because we want women in Arkansas, even if we don't have a Safe Haven Baby Box, when they call that number, they get help right away and you know and they're they're really encouraged to go ahead and take that baby to you know a hospital emergency room or a law enforcement agency well i'm i'm happy for the 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 person who's going to give their baby away but the bottom line i'm happy for the baby right that baby going to survive right yeah, and, you know, that's infanticide when somebody directly kills an infant or abandons the infant yep. to the elements that they died. That's infanticide. A lot of people, that word is strange to them. But this is what we're talking about in New York now. Yep. You know, these states that... Massachusetts, are, the, Vermont. Yeah, you know, this is what it is. It's infanticide, killing the baby after Illinois. it's born, you know. But I can name four states right off the top of my head that have no problem with, you know, killing a child even after it's been born. This is not the country I grew up in. Right. Just saying. We gotta get a break in. We'll come okay. back. We got more to talk about. More more things. Not as important as I just All right, back with you. Don't forget about Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. They are there to help you get more insurance for your buck or to Get your insurance for less bucks. Let me explain what I mean by that. You uh, bring over your insurance that you have on your house, on your car, on your boat, on your motorcycle, your life insurance, all of that, and let the uh, professionals at Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency uh, compare your insurance to the insurance they have with Allstate for you and see if they can save you money, number one, and then see if they can get you more coverage for maybe the money that you've been spending. It comes out good usually for everybody that uh, stops by. All you have to do is give them a call, 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. They'll set up an appointment for you. Then you go and visit with them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood, and they'll do their best to reduce the cost of your insurance and give you more coverage on the insurance that you're buying. That's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. All right, let's finish up with Arkansas Right to Life and Camp Joshua that is uh, coming up here uh, rapidly. Uh, let's run over all of this. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Alexis, and you can tell everybody um, – that uh, how your how their children can get involved in uh, into this, and I'm going to just say if you got young people, uh, this starts at age what uh, Rose again? Thirteen. Thirteen years old up to nineteen years old. Uh, a good thing for them to go to because I'm going to tell you what uh, this for this particular subject, uh, a pro life uh, teaching is not prevalent in our public school systems. With that, it's all up to you. How, how can you help them out so when they hear this stuff, they can kind of fight back? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what they need to do is they need to register online, org, And I want to, not sure if it was said, but want to reiterate, Camp Joshua is more than abortion. Okay. It's That's euthanasia, good. stem cell research, infanticide. So we speak about all these topics because being pro-life is about more than more than the babies. We have to take care of all of the innocents who can't take care of themselves. So I want to make that known. They can... Let's see. Yeah, they're going to they're going to be taught all those different things that you've just mentioned. And a young person has, you know, they probably think to themselves, "Well, I don't like that or I don't believe that, but it sure helps if you can go somewhere that they can give you some help in articulating that." Yes, this we do teach how to have that hard conversation. Like Rose said, we do have some students that pretend to be pro-choice and are students that are pro-life, and we have that conversation of how how that might go down, how to have the proper stance, the co- proper tone, just anything that is needed. We talk about, like she said, trot out the toddler, or we talk about... Um, call it the ADH, alive, distinct, and human, and size, level, dependency, environment, um, degree of dependency, degree of dependency. Did you say that? Maybe that's what it is. But it's all not just pro-life, though, as far as babies. We're also talking about assisted suicide, physician-assisted suicide, Infanticide. You're you're touching on all of the conversations now that when I was in high school, nobody would even bring up because they'd be drummed right out of the community if they did. Absolutely. And it's really important after this session where um, it was brought up, physician-assisted suicide, luckily that didn't even have a motion mm-hmm. but the students need to know about that they don't always think about that and i know before camp joshua i didn't always think of that it was just like you know save the babies that's what we want to do but right. what about all the other people that can't can't have a voice so they learn how to how to be that voice for them as well yeah life is more than just babies life is uh, you know Adults, life is a lot of suicide and all the rest that goes on out there. You need to know how to talk to people about that. For the folks that want to go to Camp Joshua, what do they need to do? Can they do it online? Do they have to call? How much does it run? All of that. It is $100. We don't want any student who might not can afford that to think that they can't go. We have scholarships. They can go to campjoshuaar.org. They can go to ARTL.org and find the find the link, any of those. And it is July 26th to 28th. So you've got plenty of time to make plans. Okay. Yes, the deadline is the 15th, but like we've said, if all our spots are not filled up, they can do it until sign up the day of. Don't take the chance. I'm just saying, don't take yeah, the chance. You'll be you're going to be left on the side of the curve somewhere. Don't want to do that. 
because this fills up usually by the time that uh, long before the time that that it happens yes so it's a great weekend um i made friends my very first camp joshua back in 2012 we are still friends we still talk it's just a great weekend like joshua said the food is great it is so good (laughs) With, with that in mind i know that there's people that hear about this and go yeah i I take this to my kid and i know what they're gonna say i'll feel like i'm you know i'll be going there and i don't know if i want to go you know that kind of thing that goes through a young person's head what would you say to them i would say this is just a great opportunity why would you not want to come you you know we have fun it's educational it's just all around a great a great weekend. Maybe you need to step outside your comfort zone a little bit. You won't regret it. That's super. All right. So, Rose, how many kids now? Over what? Oh, gosh. Seven years that you've been doing this, but how many kids have gone? Yeah. Well, if you figure, I, I would over hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. You know that have gone, and and some kids do come back, and then that's okay because it is a lot to learn and being reinforced and they hear different speakers you know every year we have different speakers come in abortion um, alternatives you know speakers come in the impact of abortion speakers come in we have uh, you know assisted suicide euthanasia uh, expert come in and talk and uh, also that embryonic stem cell research you wouldn't think that that would be popular with the kids but it is well, it's talked about in school now. I mean, I'm just saying all the things that you're approaching are things depending on, on what the the student is doing. But if you're following any kind of philosophical kind of uh, curriculum or whatever, you're going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in my day, it was all the lifeboat. Remember the lifeboat? You got a lifeboat full of eight people and you only got enough food to feed six of them. Who are the two that you throw out? You know, that that was the big one from when I was in school. Well, there's ways of doing it without throwing anybody out. That's the key that you want to always remember. But, yeah, uh, kids need to have some help in knowing how you deal with that. Because a lot of people just, it, they get broadsided by that kind of stuff. And now it's taught just, and teachers still hold a lot of sway in students' minds. Everybody has to understand that. All right, before I wrap it up today, one last thing, ACLU. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on you. You've been up early, early this morning, so go ahead and, and tell me about this ACLU thing. Yeah, well, it, you know, this is not unexpected. We had, uh, you know, we thought that this would happen, and it has, that three of the laws that were passed uh, just recently are have, have been challenged and uh, by the ACLU, the ban on um, Down syndrome abortions, the OBGYN requirement that abortionists must be certified as OBGYN, and then the Cherish Act, which uh, banned abortions at 18 weeks in Arkansas. Isn't it amazing to you that you want a person is going to perform an abortion, as god-awful as that is, that at least they have been taught how to do this. I mean, if you don't want that kind of a law, then you would just want to go to what the left always likes to say, back alley abortions, that anybody can do it. Well, you know, it's 
it is um, in the law in Arkansas right now that yeah. any, any physician could do a, a perform an abortion. And the LBGN requirement, of course, would narrow it and possibly um, eliminate Arkansas uh, abortion in Arkansas if, they, if LBGNs aren't willing to step up and start doing abortions. The doctors in Arkansas that are doing abortions are not LBGNs. You know, so it's a problem for them. This Something to is. keep in. Something right. to keep in mind. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Keep up the good work, would you? I will. You know, keep the faith. I know you get tired as you've been fighting for a whole long time, but you just keep fighting, all right? And Alexis, you keep fighting. We need fresh faces like yours and young people that stand up for life. Thanks so much. Robert Steinbach's going to be with me in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. It's the 4 o'clock hour. Some of you are heading home. Don't forget, 5 o'clock hour, we will repeat uh, J.R. Davis' interview with me uh, from the uh, governor's office and uh, let you hear it because a lot of you can't hear it during the uh, 2 o'clock hour. You're supposedly hard at work, so you know we don't want to blow your excuse. Let's just put it that way. But we'll, we'll replay that, and there's a really uh, – important segment of that where we talk about the levees here in arkansas and some of the things we're going to be doing about them after the recent flooding that we had uh, along the arkansas river but right now we've got to talk about what happened about last night and with that steve rogers and for all of my listeners know it is not captain america I'm not going to ask him, even if he was, I wouldn't ask him to say he was because I don't want him to to give it up. All right. But Steve Rogers with the Trump campaign 2020 advisory board is with us today. Steve, how are you? Thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick show. Dave, Captain America reporting for duty. There you go. I love that. I love it. (laughs) Right behind me. If you if you get a chance to go back and go on the Dave Ellswick show on Facebook and watch this segment on Facebook, you will see behind me that Captain America is my all-time favorite comic book hero, and I have a life-size cutout of Captain America right behind me. Outstanding. I love it. Love and it. right next to him is a life-size cutout of our president, Donald uh, Trump. And I, I mean, the man is, uh, is doing a fantastic job, a fantastic job of president of this country. But you wouldn't think it after watching the uh, Democrats debate last night. I've got several highlights. I want to kind of play some of these and then have you comment on them. Uh, The first one being Terry McAuliffe. We all remember Terry McAuliffe. McAuliffe was the governor of Virginia and uh, had thought about running and then decided he wouldn't run. And they asked him about the, uh, the debate last night. And here's what he had to say. I was very happy and proud of the Democrats that uh, I think they mentioned President Trump's name only a couple times. Mm -hmm. If you go back to 15 with President Obama, I think it was every other sentence in the Republican debate. I thought that was good. Uh, Good discussion on the issues. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I think we needed to have more discussion on those issues that actually affect Americans every single day. They don't want to hear us talking about Mitch McConnell. And we spent a lot of time on Medicare fraud. But people sitting home, Anderson, right now, they're worried about their prescription drug costs. They're worried about getting in a car and, you know, driving and spending an hour and a half to go see their kids play a ball game. We needed more discussion on those issues that affect. I thought John Delaney was exactly right when he answered that. Infrastructure, you know, prescription drugs, 
I didn't hear workforce training at all tonight. One of the biggest issues our country is facing. I never heard K-12 discussed tonight. All right. With all of that, can I just say the reason they're not bringing all that up is because the president is doing a fantastic job dealing with those subjects. Well, you're absolutely right, Dave. In fact, uh, just to reiterate what you just said, he has been so successful uh, with foreign policy, with our military, with the economy. They have nothing left to say. I mean, there's absolutely nothing they can say negative about him. So they simply ran out of gas. That's number one. Number two, with regard to uh, uh, the president's uh, performance and what the American people are concerned about. Now, this uh, uh, McCarthy just said that um, the American people are concerned about prescription drugs, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, they are, except they know that the president is taken care of. And I will suggest this to you, Dave. What they're really concerned about now is a Democrat party becoming a socialist party. And they're dragging us down a path that could be very, very dangerous. And that's something the American people, including Democrat conservatives, do not want to see happen. No, I agree. They don't have a whole lot to talk about. Let me uh, let me prove that to you. Castro was on uh, uh, the stage last night. Now, let me talk about he's going to talk about one of the most important issues of this campaign. Cut number six. Yes, it would. Uh, I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. And you know what that means is that just because a woman or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female. Uh, is poor doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And so I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. More than that, uh, everybody in this crowd and watching at home knows that in our country today, a person's right to choose is under assault in places like Missouri, in Alabama, in Georgia. I would appoint judges to the federal bench that understand the precedent of Roe v. Wade and will respect it. And in addition to that, make sure that we fight hard as we transition our health care system to one where everybody can get and exercise that right. All right. So it's always important to remember the reproductive rights of uh, transgender Americans. I mean, that's that's really stretching it out to find something important to talk about. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Well, yes, I would. And that is not on the uh, plate of any person that I know. Uh, uh, that is not the topic of conversation across this country at the dinner table. But I will suggest to you this, that uh, had the child be given an opportunity to speak, they would go for life. We have in the Constitution of the United States protects all Americans. And as far as I'm concerned, and I know the president feels this way and others, they, those children have a right to live, a right to life. So, uh you know what? It's not a big issue on the plate of Americans right now. Maybe they'll try to force the issue, but they're on the losing end of it. Well, you know, a lot of people saying, well, who won the debate last night? You know who won the debate last night? The president won the, won the debate last night. Would you agree well, with that? He sure, yes, Dave, he sure did. And I've got to tell you, what, what happened, how this thing backfired on them, is that uh, many, many people tuned in just out of curiosity, not that they were interested in what they had to say, but they were just curious to see what was really going to go on. And they actually exposed themselves as a party in chaos, as a party that's divided. You have an extreme left wing of that party that's going down that socialist road, as I said earlier. And uh, if you ask the average American who did see the full debate last night, 
uh, they're going to tell you it was like a comedy club. I mean, between the, with the uh, uh, MSNBC fouling up on their te- techniques there, their, their technical problems, uh, the fact that uh, a lot of the questions were not answered. They absolutely, as you said earlier, did not bring up the president of the United States name because there's nothing to say other than good things about him. So what they did, Dave, to answer your question directly, they exposed themselves. They exposed how weak they are. They exposed them that they have no vision. And it's just going to be bad for this country. Well, Deutsch was on MSNBC last night. Let's hear what they had to say about the debate, what they thought about it. My issue, unfortunately, and do not shoot the messenger, is the messenger. I do not believe Elizabeth Warren on stage with Donald Trump beats him. And I think if we're honest with ourselves and we look harder at ourselves, I think a lot of people agree with me. Um, it's, and I also think when you can label somebody a socialist, 57% of this country thinks that word is un-American. I'm not saying it's fair. When he can blanket Elizabeth Warren as a socialist and he's on stage with her, the Democrats lose. I think she's delightful. I think she's wonderful. I, I, I'm a big fan. I just don't think she has what it takes to beat this president the same way at least an idealized version of Joe Biden is. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. It's just facts. we got to get Trump out. Johnny, you're in, you're in a safe space here. You, you don't have to keep telling us that. Well, let's, let's just, but can uh, I just follow up on that, though, Diane? Yeah. Who, 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 who could beat Trump? And Did you see anyone on that stage tonight that could beat Trump? Um, I'm still sticking with an idealized version. <laughs> Of, of, no, of Joe, the Joe Biden we want, okay? If Joe Biden we want, and then you pair him with the right candidate, yes. All right, so there it is. There was nobody on the stage last night that could beat President Trump. That's you got to feel pretty good when you hear the the talking heads for the Dems saying that. I agree with that. <clears throat> the problem is, of course, that Johnny Deutsch is just shilling for Biden. So uh, <laughs> well, you can't, say you, you can't believe him, right? That's The problem is, while he stumbled on the truth, it's like a blind boar finding a truffle in the woods. It's just mere <laughs> accident. Uh, and in reality, he's just shilling for Joe Biden. And to go with what you said, Steve, about 57 America, uh, 57% of Americans think that uh, a socialist is un-American. Here, here was Bernie Sanders last night. Listen to what Bernie Sanders had to say last night. So uh, this very policy topic, uh, Medicare for All, is something that uh, helps people remember that you identify as a democratic socialist. You gave an entire speech on this. Uh, but that is a point of division between you and, and many others in the field, including uh, Governor Hickenlooper, who was just sitting here with my colleagues, uh, but who also said this at the California State uh, Convention. Take a look. If we want to beat Donald Trump and achieve big, aggressive goals, socialism is not the answer. I was reelected. So how do you respond to Governor Hickenlooper? I mean, you have, you have given a, a, an impassioned defense of this, but it is very clear that the Republican Party is going to try to paint you as an extremist no. and unelectable. But all of the ideas that we talk about are ideas that are supported by a majority of the American people, aren't I have helped lead the effort to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour because I believe... But isn't the label scary? Isn't that well, let's a risk? worry about... I'll take care of the label. But I think how? if we... Are, well, I'll tell you how. I will take care of the label, first of all, by telling the American people what I believe. If you work 40 hours a week, you shouldn't live in poverty. I've helped lead the effort to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. House of Representatives will pass that. Bill, okay, I we can stop it right there. Here's the bottom line, Steve. He, don't, but, but he doesn't want the to say that, that, would, uh, that he is a socialist, does he? No, and Dave, 
$15 minimum wage. I've seen it implemented. Uh, they're not talking about how many people got laid off, lost their jobs, and being uh, replaced by robots or other kind of. I think we lost. I think we lost. Yeah. All right. Well, let me pick up on what he was saying, uh, because the reason socialist is a bad label is because it's a bad fact. (laughs) Nowhere in the history of the world has socialism been successful. And so people will tell you, well, Sweden's not socialist. I'm sorry. It's not socialist. So, in fact, I heard Bernie talking the other day. And he was trying to redefine socialism, basically to say it's the welfare state. I'm not a huge fan of a giant welfare state, but he's trying to redefine it because what socialism really is, is demonstrably a failure. And so that's, uh, it's a bad label because it's a bad fact. Don't run with both a bad label and a bad fact. It's like saying... Uh, run for me, and we'll make sure that the dogs will poop in your lawn every day. That's a bad label and a bad fact. You don't want either one of those. And no. socialism is a big pile of dog poop in your front lawn. That's All what right. it is. We're back with uh, Steve Rogers. He's joined us. By the way, uh, Robert Steinbach is here. Steve, this is Roger Steinbach. He's a law Robert. professor. Robert uh, Steinbach from over at uh, uh, UALR. Hey, and uh, he teaches law. He joins me. Uh, every Monday and then every Thursday during the uh, the four o'clock hour, and we're g- we're glad to have you here, uh, Steve. By the way, for you, Robert is the uh, Trump on the Trump twenty twenty advisory board. Oh, fantastic! So we've been talking. Pleasure to meet you, Robert. Nice to Pleasure. see you, sir. All right, so you know they don't want to say they're socialists yet. Everything that they point to is it's the government, and we want to give everything free, which is socialism. They don't want to do that. Uh, I can just name Klobuchar last night said she's happy to say uh, I I will look at decriminalizing illegal border crossings. Elizabeth Warren said uh, or she wouldn't say whether uh, she would put any limits on abortion because she knows that's a third rail that she don't want to talk about. Castro told us about taxpayer funded abortions for transsexuals. Uh, De Blasio talked about. There's money, enough money in the world that everybody should be able to have an equal amount. I mean, it was absolutely, like you said, a three-ring circus. Dave, my wife was born and raised in the Soviet Union. When she sees what's happening to this country today and what the Democrat Socialist Party is trying to do, it runs a chill up and down her spine. She told me and she has told audiences that this could be the beginning of the end of our country if we allow this party to take control of our Congress and the White House. And I think, Dave, the problem we're facing is, is that we've got to educate the public. We've got to let people know, no matter what party they're in, that this is no longer a political fight. It's an ideological fight that could very well bring this country down if we don't address it by keeping Donald Trump in the White House and electing Republicans to the United States Senate and Congress. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's an ideological fight that's going on right now. But the American people sometimes don't listen closely. Let me just read something that the Speaker of the House said. By the way, Speaker of the House caved today. And uh, we'll uh, bring up onto the floor, and I think is basically telling her people they may vote for the uh, Senate uh, border crossing or the border bill, the funding bill now, and it will pass in the uh, in the House as well. But listen to what she, she said and how stupid this sounds. Quote, 
it should not be a crime to cross the border illegally. If you're crossing the border illegally, it's a crime. You can't take that away from it. Dave, it's like saying it's uh, not a crime if you take cocaine illegally. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, 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 you see, the bottom line is they have no message left. They have no vision for America. They have no message. They don't even have anything left to push back on the president of the United States because he has had a very clear, a very consistent message, America first. And he has stuck to that. Promises made, promises kept. They have no message. And let me add to that excellent point, and that is, I heard one of them, uh, Dave told me he wanted to talk about the debates, by the way, and so I tortured myself before I came in today and actually watched most of them, because I made sure not to watch them last night. Thank you very much, Dave. You owe me a barbecue sandwich for sure. Uh, But I heard one of them say, well, you know, such and such percentage of the CEOs of top companies are immigrants, and and these people are immigrants, and oh, 25% of the Nobel laureates from the United States are immigrants. My parents were immigrants. I've got no objection. In fact, I love immigrants. Let's make the Republican statement. uh, Let's make the statement that Republicans make all the time. We love immigrants. There's only one small qualification that I would like to add to that. Ones that don't break the law by coming over here, meaning legal immigrants. Is that really that big of a distinction for them to comprehend, Dave? It is for them. Yeah. I really think so. Steve, if we look in the past, the the people of this country typically vote with their wallets. And if that is the case this time, which I believe it will be, this president has had one of the most pro-business, uh, pro-economy, uh, you know, backgrounds ever for this country. I don't see how President Trump loses, to be honest, if we can keep him focused on that. Is that possible? It's absolutely correct. Uh, He's going to win. He's going to win big, if not by a landslide. People in this country, as you said, they vote with their pocketbooks, their quality of life. Things are going well. Unemployment rate in the minority community, the lowest in history. The, um, uh, the people are, are, are getting jobs after jobs after jobs. Industry, manufacturing is coming back. Uh, taxes have been cut. Uh, listen, I, I got a pretty good tax cut in my paycheck, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners did. And more tax cuts are coming. America first. Our foreign policy is strong. Our military is strong. The economy is strong. I mean, when you have a record of bringing everything to full strength as he has, no one is going to be able to defeat him. All right. Steve Rogers, Trump 2020 Advisory Board. Thanks for being with us, Steve. We appreciate you, brother. Captain America leading to death. All right. We appreciate you. Captain America has left the building. We appreciate him. His name is Steve Rogers. It's, a, it's just a lot of fun. Oh, that to, is funny. That that we is made some funny. fun about that because who's right behind me? Yeah, Captain America. Captain America which was is right behind my us. favorite comic. As he a kid, is my favorite. Still is my favorite yeah. comic until the lefties at Marvel tried to make him a bad person. All right, we'll break and then we'll be back with uh, uh, Robert in just a moment. Okay, so you were talking about your favorite person. Yeah, Bill the blah, blah 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 Blasio. Blasio. Yeah. Why is he even on the stage? Because Do you think he might make it to one percent? No. No, is that enough of an answer? Is that a definitive enough of an answer <laughs> That's for you, Dave? Definitive. No, no. I think he's on the stage 
because he's a giant narcissist. Now, they're all narcissists. And let, let me be fair. To run for president, there has to be some element of narcissism, meaning on either in either Yeah, you party. believe that you have the answer. Right. Absolutely. But he, he has... All right. Robert Steinbach is here. His opinions are his, and his alone do not necessarily reflect those of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. With that in mind, Willie has a question for you there, Mr. Steinbach. Willie, what's the question? Professor? Yes, sir. That Cortez woman needs to do some research to, to see, find out what a real concentration camp is. Briefly, Auschwitz, Bergen-Belsen, Dachau, Treblinka, Sabibor, and so on. Amen, brother. Amen. She's an idiot. There's, she has this uh, this infir- infirmity, and it's called idiocracy. She was doubling down <laughs> yet again. I heard her talking uh, on TV t- today to Jake Tapper, and she well, we've got Jewish pe- people in my district, and we have interfaced with them, a whole bunch of gobbledygook. She said nothing. She then equated the uh, concentration c- camps of the Nazis to the internment camps of Japanese in America, the latter of which were terrible, and they still were not concentration camps. Sorry. And you know who else also equated them? George Takai, uh, the guy from Star Trek, who was in an internment camp and uh, has spoken about it and really some soulful, important statements about it. That notwithstanding, I can tell AOC and I can tell George that neither one of them know the difference, apparently, between what an internment camp is and what a concentration camp is. I've met my relatives with tattoos on their arms from Auschwitz. And I, of course, am well aware of my relatives who never made it out of the camps, the concentration camps. Oh, well, they must have been in a death camp. They were all death camps. The difference is that one you went to to die immediately and one you went to die shortly thereafter. And there was a small vestige that survived the death camps. And by that, I mean the death camps and the concentration camps to the extent that you're trying to draw some distinction. Out of 3 million Jews in Poland, 300,000 survived. 300,000 survived. Think about those numbers. And the, and the Nazis killed another 3 million Poles on top of that in the death camps, in the... The ghettos. In the ghettos, in the concentration camps, during the uprisings, both within the ghetto and within Warsaw. So I don't need some 12-year-old ex-bartender explaining to me the history of concentration camps. She Here's a little piece of advice for her. One, take foot out of mouth. Two, stop talking. That's the solution for the idiocracy that is AOC. Dave, you know I have repeatedly repeatedly said on your show, I am cautious when I call out people for making statements uh, that may or may not be anti-Semitic yep. because I don't want to overuse that. It only applies when they're truly anti-Semitic statements. But she is going so far down this rabbit hole, 
I don't know where else to go. I have yet to call her statements anti-Semitic. They are impressively stupid. It's a, it is an achievement to be so moronic as she is. So kudos well, for her. She wins the award for being the biggest moron on the stage from Capitol Hill today. So will he say to Robert... Robert, tell us what you really think. Exactly. Willie, did, did, did I share my views with you? Did I give you a sense yeah, of where I'm coming from? I just got from? one more question. Sure. sure. Go ahead. Did the Nazis kill any Russian Jews? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, so the, the Nazis, uh, when they went uh, into uh, Poland, uh, in fact, it's an interesting story because there were, there were Russian Jews in uh, Poland. Uh, there were Russian Jews in Ukraine. Uh, and the Nazis, in fact, of course, went into the Soviet Union as well. So Russia, the, the Nazis killed Jews in, uh, I believe, every, I'm almost positive, in every country that they uh, went into. Here's something to think about, Willie. And those Russian Jews that fought against the Nazis after the, the, the Russians won, then their own government killed them. Oh, yeah. There was a major persecution of well, Jews in the Soviet Union. Was Soviet war in Russia? I don't know where Sobibor is, frankly. Um, I think it was in Russia. It, 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 it could be. It could have been in Ukraine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll look it up. All right. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Willie. We appreciate you. Okay, Dave. We'll talk you, to you later. All right. All right. So I wanted to get to this uh, last piece of audio that I pulled. Yeah. Because I just knew Robert was going to meet to, and, and mention the uh, blah blah blasio, and with that in mind, here's what he had to say last Shelby night. Moore, incidentally, let me tell you what we're hearing here already in the first round of questions is that battle for the heart and soul of our party. I want to make it clear: this is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for 70 percent tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college for our young people. We are supposed to break up big corporations when they're not serving our democracy. This Democratic Party has to be strong and bold and progressive. And in New York, we've proven that we can do something very different. We can put money back in the hands of working people. And let me tell you, every time you talk about investing in people and their communities, you hear folks say there's not enough money. What I say to them every single time is there's plenty of money in this world. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. There you go. There you go. We'll put money in your hands by taking it away from other people. Well, and it's also, it's just such a remarkably (laughs) simplistic, nonsensical statement. Well, the money's there. It's it's growing on the money tree, of course, because that's where money comes from. And the rich people were able to pick that money tree over the poor people. Look, it's not that we don't believe in a graduated I dare say, because of the overlap of the locution, a progressive taxation system. We do. We have it. And no conservative. Well, I don't mean no, but but most conservatives are, are, are okay with that. So we have a progressive taxation system. But this notion that if you made money, well, then you don't deserve it. So we're going to take it away from you and we're going to give it to somebody else. But yet. We fully expect you to make more money so that we can take it away from you. If you take away too much money from people, then they say, well, then why should I do this? Why should I do anything? Now, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't have a progressive taxation system. We already have it. But his claim, like a 70 percent 
uh, tax taxation rate, system, yeah. that's that's an absurd rate. That's actually a morally absurd rate. I don't well, care how but much he money. Said, right. People think that we're known for a 70% right, taxation right, rate. Right. I wouldn't want to be known for that, no. but they, with all of what they're saying, yeah. they're going to continue to be known that oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Well, the leftists will, for sure. Free, 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 That's free, right. and everybody That's knows right. nothing's free. Nothing's free. It's just, it's, it's just silly. It's, it's not an economic system that makes sense. It's, and remember, this is why de Blasio, de blah, 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 Blasio and his cronies like the notion of a 70% tax rate, because that means they take... 70% of your money, and guess where it goes? To de Blasio. I'm not saying it goes in his pocket. Then he's king, right? Sure. If you collect 70% of the income... He gets to figure out where it goes. There it is. That, you're a king then. Yeah. And what did we reject with our constitution? A kingdom. We don't want a kingdom. We want limited government. Plain and simple. Why? Because when government's too big... It becomes dangerous. It tells you what to think, what to do, and and how to act. By the way, where do we see that already? We see that across America in academia. Why? Because acad- academics and academic administrators have taken full control of the enterprise, and they want to tell students, and now they're bleeding over into telling professors how to think, what to do, who to be. And, of course, by the way, nowadays, everything much like uh, Castro said uh, in the debates last night, just put the word justice in front of it. Justice, economic justice, social justice, uh, reproductive, excuse me, justice. I don't even know what all that means. And I teach it law school. It means nothing. Of course it means nothing, right? That's the point here. They, It's the redefinition of language. I think I said to you last time I was on your show, Dave, I heard a great quote. I'm stealing it, but it's a great quote. Uh, The novel by George Orwell, 1984, was not designed to be an instruction manual. But I think the leftists believe otherwise. And they're using it as an instruction manual. That's exactly right. They are. Again, here's the blah, blah, blasio again. Listen to what he says. Here we go. Let me tell you what we're hearing here already in the first round of questions is that battle for the heart and soul of our party. I want to make it clear. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college for our young people. We are supposed to break up big corporations when they're not serving our democracy. This Democratic Party has to be strong and bold and progressive. And in New York, we've proven that we can do something very different. We can put money back in the hands of working people. And let me tell you, every time you talk about investing in people and their communities, you hear folks say there's not enough money. What I say to them every single time is there's plenty of money in this world. There's plenty of money in this country. It's just in the wrong hands. There you go. It's just in the wrong hands. And, And let me build on that, Dave, if I may. What about where he says we need to break up corporations if they're not serving Democracy. 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 What does that mean, not serving democracy? Democracy is a system of government. And while we, in fact, have a Republican form of government, it's okay to call ours kind of roughly a democracy. That's okay. But what does it mean not to serve a democracy? Here's what it means from the very guy who wants to tax you at a 70% tax rate. Not serving 
Bill de Blah Blah Blasio, not serving what he thinks today is good for him and good for whatever he wants to do. So if you're not supporting his policies, you're bad for democracy, and we're going to break you up. What I think, what I think is so interesting, though, is he stated very clearly they were, he was all about 70% tax rates for what he considered was the wealthy. Right. He didn't back away oh, from no. that. Oh, no. Listen, when you have no chance to win what at all, that is the nomination, like Bill de Blah Blah Blasio, and you want to make some name for yourself, I don't know to what end. Maybe he thinks he'll get some sort of appointment in in the Democratic administration. Maybe he'll get a job uh, in the um, uh, in the Cuban administration. I don't know what he's looking for. That was a bit of a joke, by the way. Uh, uh, I don't know what he's looking for. But of course, if if you really have no shot at winning the nomination, you say the most outlandish things, so at least you can get on television. That's what's remarkable about Oh, my gosh. Bill de Blasio. It's hard to say his name. Yeah. It's got a kind of a rolling sound to it. Uh, but in well, any- you detest him so much. What's that? They said you detest him so much. Oh, you come awesome. from the state where they, oh, yeah. they cover him. Now, I can say this much. When you listen to him talk, yeah. you can see where the guy can get himself elected because he uh, speaks well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, when I listen to him, I also hear this kind of whiny... Uh, pseudo-academic speech, which is no better than the actual academic speech, by the way, and I'm just so tired of it dealing with the academic enterprise across the United States and and seeing how they are so distorting reality. You know, the, the goal in academia across the United States these days is not to have debate, right? It's to indoctrinate. It's because they will tell you, well, Trump's ideas are evil, so we won't teach those. Republican ideas are evil, so we won't teach that. Conservative ideals are stupid, so we won't teach those. So what? it's one hand clapping. They don't want any intellectual debate. It's really a problem. I love that one hand right, clapping. clapping. That's I very good. Can I quote that. that? I didn't come Oh, that was somebody that. else came yeah, up with? Yeah, I don't know who said it, but it's an old one. All right. Yeah. We'll be back. Robert Steinbach is here with me on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. P.I. Roofing wants to remind you, P.I. Roofing and Home Solutions wants to remind you, they have the great professionalism to do anything necessary for your business or for your home when it comes to your roof. If you have a problem, they can fix it. They started off as your roof leak detectives. They would literally drive through neighborhoods, Uh, Joel would and look at people's roofs and he knew the ones that they were having problems. He would stop in. He would talk to the folks. He says, I know you got leaks. Can I fix it for you? And that's how he started PI roofing. Well, now he's doing everything. He does your roof. If you've had a serious leak and it's destroyed stuff in your home, he'll, he'll repair that stuff. He's got people that come in and take care of the, the leaks that went through your ceiling or leaked down around your, your drywall and you've got, you know, black mold that needs to be replaced, things of that nature. He's got people to do that now. And last but not least, he's just added gutter cleaning. If you need your gutters cleaned as well, and that's important when you get into the wintertime and your water stops there and freezes and then you get an ice dam there and then you get 
things that start leaking back under your ceiling and and your roof don't want that to happen. You need somebody like PI Roofing Home Solutions to take good care of that. All you have to do to find uh, the solution is go to piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. All right, so Robert, I don't think there was anything good. Like I said to uh, Steve Rogers, who was on, no, not Captain America. Uh, Steve Rogers was, he's with uh, the Trump campaign, and we were talking about the debate. And he made the same statement that uh, that I'm going to make right now. Trump won last night. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, now, let's not get complacent. No. But I I'm think not. That's you exactly know right. that I don't believe Indeed. in that. Indeed. Here, here's what I believe. When you're winning, you put your your foot firmly on the neck of your opponent and squeeze the life out of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm happy to watch the leftists eat their own, as we say. And they really do that at a different level because they have all of these competing identity politics. So you're not enough of this. You're not enough of that. I'm more of this. I'm more of that. And they all went further left than the other person. Of course they did. Of course they did. Um, so, no, I don't, I, I don't think that they did a good job. I read something today that said that Castro did a fantastic job. I watched it. I thought it wasn't terrible, but I must have missed it. But again. Well, well let me play yeah. how good he did. Let's, all right. Let's hear it. We got this. I got this last cut. Here's yeah. Castro last night talking about taxpayer funded abortion. All right. Uh, yes, it would. Uh, I don't believe only in reproductive uh, freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. And you know what that means is that just because a woman, or let's also not forget someone in the trans community, a trans female. Uh, is poor doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right to exercise that right to choose. And so I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. More than that, uh, everybody in this crowd and watching at home knows that in our country today, a person's right to choose is under assault in All places right. like no, Missouri, in hear, Alabama, in Georgia. that we heard from every other Democrat. Yeah, you know, uh, Republicans are taking away abortion. Right, exactly. Anyway, but well, to, uh, to, to mix in... I mean, well, well, identity for, politics right. is the damn Th- thing. So he is. had to get transsexuals he in there somehow. He had to get them in, right, because he had to trump, no pun intended, whatever identity <laughs> politics that were brought up by the previous guy or girl or whatever other 72 categories they may uh, Reproductive qualify. justice. Right. So, and, and you heard it, right? We talked about this a moment ago. Reproductive justice. You just put justice in front of anything, right? It, it, it's like... Uh, um, uh, it's the label that means nothing and says everything to the lefties. Mm-hmm. Reproductive justice, economic justice, uh, um, immigration justice. Let me, let, let's get this clear. If you are a woman who identifies as a man and you get pregnant and you go to the hospital, they will treat you for the pregnancy. Of course they will. There, and if, and if you want, and to, they should, if by you, the way. And if you want to abort, if you meet uh, whatever the restrictions of your particular state is, you can get an abortion. That's right. That's they right. don't hold it against right. you. Well, and that's the point here. He's he's bringing up. Oh well, let's not forget that in addition to women having babies, there are 
and 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 I really apologize if I get this wrong because it is confusing. <laughs> Trans men who were born born as women having babies. Okay, I, I, that's a factual, accurate statement. It is I'm in the way you some people think. Because I was thinking that somewhere along the way, science has changed yeah. something yeah. so that men who now identify as women, but I know that ain't right. No, yeah, that, that ain't, ain't right. right. That ain't right. That part of it, you, you're right. That ain't right. That ain't going to happen. And that going to happen. Exactly. A man don't have to worry about getting an abortion, but That's a right. woman who thinks she's a man, I guess, has to worry about getting an abortion. That You know, I, I literally paused to follow what you were saying because it's challenging, but you got it right. It is challenging. Right. I agree. It is challenging. A lot of the crap that they, they say is challenging to try to make sense out of. You know, there was a very good article in the Federalist um, uh, magazine today or yesterday by a gay guy who said, don't I, uh, gay people should be treated with respect, but they shouldn't be tools of the left. And he's a conservative. And he said, I've got no problem if a conservative Christian uh, or some other religion, but it, we see it most in the conservative Christian community right now, says that uh, gay behavior is contrary to the Bible. Well, by the way, you can read that, right? It's written down. So, no, you don't have to believe it. But that's the most hateful book ever written. And that's what he said. He said, listen, uh, you can believe it if you treat me with respect and I believe something different. Let's go to lunch. And, and he said, conservatives go to lunch with me all the time. But liberals don't go to lunch with me, not because I'm gay, because I'm conservative. Right. Think about that. Well, you got to get a break in. Robert, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you here. He'll be back with us Monday for four hours, as usual, on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 2. Matt Smith is here. We'll talk movies. And then the Geek Squad will be here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.